OTB GAA. One of the fathers was mentioning the cows at half six or seven on the, on the, on the Monday morning. They started crying that we we'll just have to win in the county final yesterday. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Off the ball daily. Michael McCarthy is still here. Arthur O'Dea has popped in. This is not a definitive list. We would not claim it to be a definitive list. There are things we are going to forget. Nobody should take offence. This is a more uh, personal musing from <laughs> Arthur and Mick. All right, um, so make an excuse. No, that's the that. sporting year that was 2022. By that I mean, if you have any issues, Arthur and Mick are the people to talk to. Fair. Agreed. Fair. So you guys have spent, admittedly not all day, but some <laughs> of today. <laughs> some of today. Very much not. To pick out some highlights from 2022, just to, to begin, I suppose, the uh, period of reflection that is Christmas and also to preempt the 25 best ofs we'll have over Christmas oh, week, yeah. looking back on the year. Oh, so yeah. at least we're in first. <laughs> uh, so how do we want to do this? You've well, picked some out in no particular order. So we've got it? kind of five each. I've actually got four, so I'm going to pick one more from your choice, basically, Joe, of the honourable mentions, if you want. So I just want to mention a few things that didn't make the list. Oh, I see. You okay. can stop if you want, or we can just breeze past them, okay? All right, okay. So we're not starting with your big takes you're, yeah, you're, the you're giving things list. which didn't quite is that okay feature yeah yeah sure whatever way you want and can we really. we can pause for a moment <laughs> stop here stop or we? whatever one you want right? and then afterwards we're going to go to your picks <laughs> I don't know format's important to me um, honourable yeah. mention section honourable mention and the, the winner of this honourable mention gets into number five in my list well, it's, not over it's a bit of jeopardy it's worse than the Champions Cup pool okay, right. <laughs> Ireland All Blacks third test not saying it wasn't one of the moments of the year I'm just wasn't one of your moments. Either. I missed it. I told you I was I was celebrating on the M50 listening to the radio commentary because I was doing mm. uh, TV that day. It was an incredible <laughs> thing. Uh, I did, but it was also over from not early stage, but for with a few minutes to go. It was dominant. The game feel like it was it was over. Um, I mean, it was just so extraordinary the whole tour. Oh, amazing! Yeah. In advance, I, I do remember or. talking to Brian actually, who's on obviously after eight o'clock and. We were making the point that maybe with the wrong injury to Aaron could lose all five here. Yeah. The Mary All Blacks are really yeah, strong. I remember that actually, yeah. This yeah. could get ugly. A winter tour of New Zealand, winter in New Zealand. I mean, these are hard tours. This could be very, very tricky and not easy. The only and it started badly. The only person I remember distinctly on the show at some point rather saying they should feel like they are going there to win was Rory O'Connor. Right. I distinctly recall him saying that, and that was so abnormal. It was like, well, that's nobody. That's that's outrageous. Controversial. So I think like, I might have said to him, you're setting them up to fail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you think? But like, again, it proved uh, proved correct. The All Blacks absolutely at a low ebb, we have to say. Yeah. By, by their standards, that's still a bloody high standard. Yeah. But I guess what was so, I mean, from the opening 20 minutes of the first match, which again, Ireland could have easily won, the rugby they played was incredible. <clears throat> if you remember that series, they started every game like a house on fire. Yeah, New Zealand couldn't touch the ball they were on the rack and it was just it was beating New Zealand but it was beating them playing a standard of rugby and a type of rugby that I oh, just yeah. didn't think we'd see Ireland ever play we didn't try to close the game down oh. or anything like it now, now I think from an achievement perspective I think this could be close to number one and I just I, I just really did try to make this like a, a moment that I jumped out of my seat I've also excluded the World Cup because of recency issues so but like you know it, there was no I don't know if there was that one moment again that would bump it into a top four here. It, there was, it was an amazing thing. I was so proud of them, I have to say, over that entire tour. Isn't it a big pity it wasn't on terrestrial television? 
It's huge, yeah. That's part of yeah. this now, discussion. I think that's for the overall, I suppose, conversation, because it is that sort of half eight in the morning, it's going to be a low audience anyway, they're not catching the kind of uh, think the thir- flick through audience. I think third test might have generated yeah. enough hype to Huge, get yeah. everybody on board. Yeah. So that's possibly an aspect of it. No yeah, way. I think so. I think so. Um, look, I mean, I, look, I, I was watching them when I could. It's like, uh, but as in, it wasn't anything to do with uh, terrestrial TV for that. But I do wonder about in terms of capturing the zeitgeist, whether that matters, especially when it's at a weird time. Yeah. Like, because people aren't in the pub watching an Ireland New Zealand that's game, true. you know. Okay, so that um, was a that was a banker honourable mention for sure. Yeah. Uh, one we might have forgotten Wales 21 Italy 22 in the Six Nations oh yeah Padovani last minute try Garbisi conversion to secure uh, Italy's first win since 2015 in the uh, in the Six Nations it was an amazing moment amazing and again if you're talking that moment like, that was a, an incredible try that made you jump out of your seat in a game that you're kind of half watching I know you're not because you're sitting in the Virgin but Studio s- but for the rest of us you're just looking you only care about the, you're sort of half watching yeah, these yeah. games I'm know? just reacting to what you guys are saying that's I wouldn't have put that on a list it wouldn't have occurred to me but it's one of those lovely things that now that you mention it mm. what was so extraordinary about that is Ange Capuozzo this teenage Italian yeah. winger who's subsequently moved to Toulouse and he had come off the bench against Scotland the week before and this is for Italy who are just like basically my um, script for Virgin Television for the last four years has just been Italy of course on a insert number here losing streak <laughs> Ian McKinley tell us why it's not as bad as we think <laughs> yeah, I know I did feel sorry that Ian wasn't there for the time they actually did their thing after him saying honestly it's getting better but Ange Caparozzo came off the bench against Scotland and I, I, I vividly remember certainly Shane Horgan was there and Matt was there I think Rob Kearney was there as well and he looked about 14 yeah. way too small to be out there and honestly, we were thinking we had we had a brief discussion about whether or not we should do like a player welfare issue, like th- this <laughs> is Italy at an all time low, and this guy shouldn't be out there. Yeah. And then he turns he, out he's there, Brian O'Driscoll. He scored two tries that game, and then <laughs> yeah. it was Capuozzo. If you watched Cardiff, who lit Dancing the thing up and, and, yeah. and did it all. So yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm making your honourable mentions too long, but no, no, don't worry about it. We'll go through the next one because people will remember it. I think more than Wales, Italy, but it was still incredible sport and incredible. Again, maybe not a moment, but an hour certainly of amazing drama was the final day of the Premier League and we can kind of forget about that sometimes because, but they don't happen that often and City 2-0 down and Aston Villa went 2-0 up Coutinho got an amazing goal and it's like you're going hold on a second hold on a second yeah. everybody just assumed City would take care of business we didn't think there would be drama and there was and Liverpool were making hard work at their game but they got there and then City just three goals in 10 minutes, I think, you know, and it was just once they opened the door, the floodgates were open, there was no stopping them. It was actually an incredible, incredible hour or so. My uh, main memory of that day is generally my television screen being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Incredibly no frustrating. What, you missed the goals. Oh, I better flick yeah. back over. I wasn't too far off, actually, yeah. I saw the Villa goals, though, but uh, I missed nearly all the City ones. This uh, was, for all the dramatics of Premier League final days, this was the ninth time Premier League race went down to the last day of the season. On all nine occasions, the team that started on top has finished on top. Right, okay. We've never had that come behind. Wow. There you go. Nice start. Cam Smith versus McElroy, uh, showdown, St. Andrews. Again, maybe not a moment, but I thought as a, as a, as elongated sporting drama went, I think that was golf's best this year. And also, like, there was a longing for Rory, I think, because he'd played so well all year and it was the last major and he'd been so good in all the majors and I just thought he would do it. And it wasn't anything to do with him. Maybe it was early on, but late on, he got there and it was just Smith was just... 
yeah, he had one of those weeks that you just can't play against. 150 you know? at St Andrews as well, yeah. anniversary, so it would have been iconic to win that one. Mm-hmm. Smith had had a bad Saturday and so people said it's often hard to come back after a bad Saturday. And plus Rory had the lead. He was in a group with Victor Hovland. Smith was a bit of an afterthought in the group ahead. Yeah. It was weird because it was like the slow bleed of Rory not responding. Because initially he was so far in front it was like this is fine and Hovland's doing nothing so he's good. And then you kind of cheer on the story and cheer on chaos a bit and Cam Smith started to make birdie, birdie, birdie. And you're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I wouldn't mind if Cam Smith made another birdie or two. <laughs> and then he did. And then Rory never responded. Rory would say himself, and I, I would strongly be of the opinion, it's on him. Like to, sh- yeah. to shoot a round of level par at St. Andrews is awful. Like it would usually Cam, be enough though wouldn't no, it, on a well, Sunday when things tighten up. Not St. Up. Andrews. No. Cam Smith was shot at, not St. Andrews on, in those conditions. He shot a 64. Okay, yeah. If you um, this sounds like I'm uh, bagging on Rory like he's been the player of the year hands down. And I, I'm in the minority saying he's player of the year because he hasn't won a major but he's been the player of the year for me. Yeah. But if you look at the leaderboard on Sunday it's basically Rory and like two other guys in the top uh, 25 to 30 who are not under par. Okay. And so he would say himself, he said it to Paul Kimmage recently, to not have made birdie on, and he named out a couple of holes which are just, yeah. you know, nailed on birdies. That's on him. So, but it was well, extraordinary I suppose drama. the drama I'm kind of almost talking about was, as I said, like early on, Rory put himself in that position. But then in the last couple of holes, he fought back. His shot into 17 yeah. was off the charts good. Yeah. So Cam Smith makes one of the, the best par saves you will ever see in your life on 17, the road hole, notoriously difficult. A miracle par save. Rory hits a stunning second in and the birdie put is, mi- and this is golf, mm. just misses by millimetres. Did that happen to him a few times in that? Did he, was yeah. that that one? Because I, no, I he, he mixed up. But. He had, and again, the vagaries of the sport and it's why the sport, I think, drives more people to insanity than most. Yeah. He was millimetres away on a few occasions. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it, yeah, it, like as a Sunday, yeah, as I sat there with oh, COVID, it was, it was brilliant. It was, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as I sat there with COVID <laughs> and sweated through the whole thing, uh, it was compelling. Three achievements I want to mention that don't qualify as moments of the year in some ways because they were expected and in another way, but like I don't think they should be glossed over. And no review of the year should be without them. Uh, Fitz McCarthy and Paul Donovan continuing their domination of the world in the World Rowing Championships. Another world medal for them. They obviously won Team of the Year. Dorothy thing. I was arguing that Paul Donovan should be you know, a much bigger figure, I would say, in uh, the pantheon of Irish <coughs> sport, and I will continue that argument. It doesn't make this list because I think we all expected it and we knew they won and, you know, there's the way we consume rowing as well outside of the Olympics isn't always ideal. There's also the uh, Reese McLenaghan world title in the pommel horse. Like, that's an unbelievable achievement that's almost hard to get your head around. But, again, in... I kind of, you know, we sort of saw it coming a little bit. I think that that's closer to it in terms of a moment. And then the other thing is that the five Irish medals at the European Women's Boxing Championship, including three goals for Kelly Harrington, Aoife O'Rourke and for Amy Broadhurst, who was fighter of the tournament. Again, unbelievable achievement. Um, but I don't know if there was one moment as such that sticks out. Two that are definitely in the reckoning, though, that I don't know whether they get in, right? So Ireland had an unbelievable European athletics championships as well. We had, um, you know, two medals. Uh, you know, I think Mark English winning was unbelievable in itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, what a comeback that that was. Um, we had an Irish record from Olatunde. We had Adeleke making a final and being the future. You know, but I think Kieran McGee and Silver was one of those. Like, I think it's most sort of 
It's the most emotive I've been about a athletics race since Sonia in Sydney in 2000. Yeah, yeah. She's a class act. Yeah. And she's had real up and down moments, high profile up and down moments. As a point on that Munich European Championships. So the previous, if you take like a top eight finish as a marker of, we can be very happy with that. Ireland's best ever at the Europeans before. They had six top eight finishes in 98 and 02. They had 11 in <laughs> Munich this year. So it's been yeah. a bit of a leap for Irish athletics. They are your honourable mentions. Yeah, and I think the number five, the reason I've left it to last is because I think it's getting in. And the only reason I was wary is because I have another one from the same sport. But the Armagh-Galway game and the last, like, I mean, it had everything that the World Cup final had, if you want to take it that way, you know. But Armagh's comeback in that game, two injury time, Armagh were five points down and scored two goals. Yeah. And a miracle point from Reno O'Neill to equalise. When does that ever happen? That just doesn't happen. Not in Gaelic football. Mm. Not in Championship Gaelic football in Crow Park. They did that. O'Neill gets the miracle point. You go to extra time. There's a mass brawl. Always fun. Yeah. Uh, unfair sending off for Sean Kelly and so on. And then we move into injury time or to extra time, which is dramatic in itself. And then we have our first ever Championship knockout, like as in in Crow Park penalty shootout, uh, which Galway win. I don't know if you can beat that for drama. Yeah, that it was, was it was top top. Yeah, things about the fallout. I remember people discussing why the guards couldn't intervene because they were standing right there, and then the point being put forward that Crow Park pitch is private property. <laughs> 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 that whole that whole. <laughs> yeah. And then Catherine Martin talking about the think of the children. Yeah, the fake five year old. The fake five year old. <laughs> yeah, oh, five year old is very upset about it. Five year old is like <laughs> went home crying. Yeah, who's then you know. Doing Stone Cold Steve Austin. Probably because they were at a match for home. four hours. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. We were in here watching that. As with so many of those GA things. Yeah, 100%. We? I have to say, it's my B. I, I don't love that so many of those moments were also working. Yeah. You sort of are the barman enjoying New Year's Eve a little bit. That's a great analogy. I never heard that before. That's good. Yeah, yeah you do. You end up watching so many of them just on TV around us or even in the thing. You just in and out all around the place. You don't get to sit down in the same way. So they are honourable mentions. Let's we'll take go. that as my number five. So okay. if you want to go to Arthur's list. Uh, but I, they were mine and Arthur's honourable mentions, by the way. I yeah. I'd have yeah. Kira McGeehan in mine. Okay. That properly got me. That just I think because the time she'd been on with us not too long ago talking to you. Yeah. And it was kind of, was it after the Olympics things were quite hard for her? Yeah. And then she just kind of comes back with this stellar year, medal at the Commonwealth, medal, you know, and it's just like, it's fun. She, she win or come second in a Diamond League meeting as well. Second. And the medal in Europe was like just oh, fantastic. It was class. That was just, I was so happy for her, so genuinely happy. So I'd have that in there. I'd take out the, well, I only have three. So well, there, there you go. That's your number four, so I suppose. <laughs> this is an eclectic mix. There's no criteria as such. So. I guess moment as opposed to I took it to mean moment yeah, yeah rather so than for you and I think for a lot of people having read Malachy Clerkin's piece with Red Oak Murphy's <coughs> parents of late yeah it's uh, only a few weeks ago yeah which was like it's an extraordinary piece I think the whole country maybe has, has read it at this stage so you put it that down as something that you uh, obviously is yeah it's just a, an impact on, on it's just an unforgettable year. moment it's, I, I struggle to it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's this year it, it feels like it's longer ago now at this stage for oddly enough but um, you're of Sligo. Yeah, I'm from, obviously I'm from Sligo, and I talked I talked to him for a piece once. I think I'd messaged him. So I, I I talked to him. I didn't know him, and he's obviously a good. He was a good few years younger than I was. Um, but I talked to him once not long after he'd come back from Australia. 
the county knew he was a special player. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like from the get go, everyone knew that. So that's kind of you knew of him before you kind of I ever and I, I wouldn't claim to have known him. I didn't know him. I talked to him once, yeah. but. Um, it's that excitement. And I got to see him play for Sligo once against Antrim, I think just before COVID. And he was, like, he was young still, but he was class. He was just, he was so good. And like for a county, it really stands out somewhere like Sligo, where it's like this guy, well, this is the next guy. This is the next Eamon O'Hara, whoever, you know, yeah. this generational talent that the country will know. Um, and yeah, just like his, his incredibly, incredibly sorry and sad passing. And it's like kind of really summed up in that Malachy Clerken piece. That it's just it's just one of those things you won't forget, and it is. I, I don't know. Is it a thing? I suppose you're from slightly. Well, you're obviously from coming from Dublin. It's much bigger area, and from Gildare, much bigger area. I I don't know. Is it a particular thing with uh, for a smaller area like Sligo, where it's you're always kind of just one degree removed from everyone? Really, I would think it is a, so a, a more immediate personal thing. Yeah. When it's someone like that, that you're not. It's not like there was all this hope and expectation invested in, but excitement around him, and it was just unbelievable. Yeah. I was in here it was a Friday I think we found out in here and it was just unbelievable you were shook I remember I, c- yeah. I could not believe it because it was just so, so it was so surprising it was so dis- it was just like it was just it was disbelief real like so upsetting but just that thing like it, this is incre- this crazy this yeah. is yeah this isn't real his parents were on with Miriam McCallan at the weekend yeah. did you hear that I haven't heard that yet I saw it adver- I saw it on Twitter or somewhere, but I haven't heard it yet I like they were remarkable you know Yeah, and th- it comes across in Malachy's piece as well but to use like the worst cliche about death by suicide as well, like he had mm. um, on the face of it, clearly oh, on the yeah. face of it, nonetheless, he had everything going for him and was just um, headed for a great life, you would think. And that, yeah. that adds to the sense of horror about it all. Like he'd been named, I'm pretty sure, in the Sigerson Cup team of the year. Yeah, I think it was due to go down to the, um, like sh- the celebration that yeah. week. I think he had his suit bought. And so I don't know. It's one of those mysteries. Um, just devastating, but just something that will, I suppose, be of this year. So yeah. that's kind of no I'm glad you mentioned that no no absolutely it's worth mentioning something like that uh, Michael we will move on to matters less important but continue the list where you yeah going, much less important but I suppose it's what we're here for you know I'm um, the reason I was somewhat ludicrous <coughs> now that we spoke about it reticent to uh, include our man Galway in the list was because I did have another 2GA moment so which I was surprised about actually when I made them but mm. the one in particular I just the All-Ireland final in the Ireland football final, Clifford versus Walsh yeah. is going to be how it's it's kind of remembered. It's a breakthrough for Kerry. It's David Clifford's first All Ireland. It's Jack O'Connor's return. It was one of the best individual performances you'll ever see in a losing team from Shane Walsh. But I suppose it's definitely not as dramatic as that Galway Armagh game. But why I wanted to make sure I include it was that there was a coming of age. There was the arrival of the prospect we've been waiting for. I remember watching David Clifford in the All-Ireland minor final when he got the 4-4 and thinking, I've never seen a minor like this. I hope it transfers. Because you always want to see that guy at the, you know, at the birth, I suppose, and, and, and see them go through. It's just, I, I don't know, this is what we talked about with Messi during the week. You know, I always have this with sports people, Tiger Woods. And Clifford has always seemed like he was going to be that guy. And this year he confirmed it. Mm. And all the way through the year he was confirming it. And then for him to turn up in the final when you're the most marked man in a sport where that is not easy to do. Yeah. Football is a sport where they can shut you down. Yeah. And they didn't. And then for the other side of it, for the guy who's been nothing but potential since he came through as one of these like class acts. And he's been, he was, he's been brilliant for two years now, Shane Walsh. He's been playing to the potential that we kind of knew he was. 
but this was the one where it was like this is the Shane Walsh we waited for that that manager were talking about when he was 14 yeah he picked mm. his moment you know and he'd never had a game like that before so to see the two of them play football at its highest level when it's a, such a malign sport as well and they were both beautiful that day and I just can't imagine we'll ever see performances like that in an All-Ireland final again. So I don't think we should, just because it was the final and it's obvious, I don't think it's something we should sleep on, you know? Yeah. Uh, two boxing picks. I think your one not very surprising, Mick, in that it's Taylor Serrano. Arthur, you have Clarissa Shields, Savannah, Marshall, fight of the year contender at the O2 in... October. This yeah. will have passed lots of people by. It was class. Look, I, I didn't, and I wouldn't pretend to know an awful lot about boxing full stop. So it's like, it's kind of, it is that big fight kind of thing. But I just remember a few years ago reading a piece by Gavin Casey at the 42 who did a big deep dive into Clarissa Shields. And she had the most awful life coming up. She from Flint, Michigan. But the most awful life in the most unimaginable way that you can foresee. So that's all their thing. So you kind of, I knew her from that point. So you're kind of then keeping an eye on this fight was getting a lot of hype. It was on Sky. So there was a lot of and Savannah Marshall UK and it was I think it was an I think it was a unified undisputed fight for the middleweights. Um, so there was a lot riding on it, sellout O2, everything else. And I just loved from the very get go. Um, Shields was coming out, and I, I don't know what the songs were, what the actual titles were, but the the entrance was just immense. It was just one of those things. I'm a mad. I love the pageantry of these things. I love even when it gets into. Now you're watching a lot of the darts currently. It's so cheesy and it's so cliche. But when those songs and they come on and it's all, I just, I, I can fall, I fall for that every time. I would have thought you'd be above that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm lured <laughs> right in. I'm lured right in every time. But she came out and there was like, she comes out. She stands there for two seconds and then two dancers come out behind her. And then it's just like a choreographed dance that she's taking part in before she goes down to the ring. I was like, this is just unbelievable. I missed this. It was incredible. It was just like, it, it was just, there was such a kind of wonderful arrogance off it. Like she took the thing seriously. She won kind of comprehensively in the end. On uh, I think it was on points. Right. But um, it was just class. It was so enjoyable because I just never seen that before. And it was just great. Taylor Strano, we talked about so much. You also have, I'm going to jump in and reveal, make your others. You have Amber Barrett's goal and you have the Munster hurling final down. Time is not going to allow you to talk about everything. I think Amber Barrett speaks for herself. I think that was the jump out of your seat moment of the year. You know, whereas uh, I, 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 just quickly on Taylor Serrano, I mean, I, I actually had a clip, I think there was off time to read it, of Michael Foley's brilliant piece that you mentioned earlier in the, um, in, Times. In the Sunday Times this week that people should go back and read, but it just sums up how mad it was. But for me, that was Taylor. I spoke to Katie Taylor about Amanda Serrano fight where like, I did a, a video with her, spent half a day with her about four or five years ago, and that was all she wanted. And I was just so worried that time had caught up with her before Amanda Serrano. Taylor wanted that fight, she knew she could beat her. Yeah. And it was getting late and she's 35. And you know what? She put in the performance of her life when it mattered most and that's the ultimate champion. You know, and that's like, talk about like a pride in an Irish sports person. That's what she did that night. Like, you know, and, I, and on the biggest, biggest stage and she did the entire sport proud. Like it was just, it was a fantastic performance and a fantastic fight as well. Um, but the other one then is the Munster Hurling final. I was there. I think Arthur has this on the list and it's a different moment, you know, like, because it was just an amazing, amazing match. 
Claire lived with Limerick in a way that we didn't expect. The rain, first of all. Like, I was there, it was like, it never stopped raining all day. It was torrential. It was one of those things that the memory of the wetness will live with me forever. I can't remember this at all. Oh, in here with me. Well, are you sure? <laughs> 100%. So I talked about this. Ah, yeah, you talked to James O'Connor afterwards. I can't, but I, it's very surprising to me, don't remember, because it was such an exceptional game of her. Like, Garrod Hegarty got a goal in the first half. <laughs> got a lot going on. Garrod Hegarty got a goal in the first half. It's so one of the best... Oh, the Grouch uh, ever seen. Yeah, well, sorry, funny. One of the fond memories from this year is interviewing Grouch Hegarty and of that goal being so um, beaten up by GA players' humility down the years. Saying to him, "Come here, <laughs> don't tell me it wasn't a good goal." And him going, "Oh no, it was a class goal." Yeah, and me thinking, "Jesus, <laughs> the, the most arrogant goal, thing a GA player has ever said." The to The only me. goal that came close to it this year in the entire hurling championship was Garrod Hegarty's goal yeah, in the yeah. All-Ireland Hurling Final. You know, like, as in, he, he was just that, he's unbelievable. But his goal in the first half of that game, and that was another, like, there was a many moments that Limerick just sunk Clare in that game. And they kept coming back, and Kelly was to the fore of it, and he was brilliant. Then Declan Hannan gets a score to win it, deep, deep into injury time. An amazing point, a real captain's winning a score that's going to be famous, you know, like the Kieran yeah. Carey style, you know. And game's over. Claire get win a puck out, win a scrappy line ball. It's inside the 21, Joe. It's piss and rain. And Kelly steps up. And I'll never forget the feeling of the terrorist just realising the second he hits it by him running the other way, that's over. Straight between the posts. It was, it was <laughs> such crazy. a close moment. And I, I, the euphoric feeling in the crowd. Extra time comes and there's like a usual 25 minutes GEA wait for the second, for the extra time to start. Things have calmed <laughs> down a little bit. And Limerick win it. And they win it by a couple of points. They get three points ahead. It sort of stays that way. It's a slight anti-climax. But it's, it's, the, it's the best hurling game I've ever been at in person. And, is it? Okay. And, and, well. Lim- and Limerick won it. And it was, a, it was the ultimate let it flow game as well. Referee oh, yeah. never got another match. That's never a coincidence. <laughs> um, <laughs> genuinely, he's retired now. Uh, John the hurling down the back. Uh, but all the hurling people loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got to go. Sorry, okay. Arthur has one more, does he? No, just go out Hegarty. Just go out Hegarty. Okay, that was Arthur. What a year. And Mick McCarthy, 